This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. says he'll go to the Lord in case said, Lord did you see what Eddie did Lord did you see what Mark did did you see what Jerry did in court bringing a case against you accusing you of what you have done this morning or yesterday he's gonna accuse he's gonna say Lord did you see what your servant did and you know what God's gonna say he said I don't know what you're talking about but I see my son Jesus we have an advocate Jesus Christ Satan is a great prosecutor. He's very deceptive and he presents a very convincing case against us. Every day we make decisions and act out in ways that violate God's design and will for us. Because of this sin, we are deserving of death and separation from our Creator. Yet, as Pastor Eddie reminds us in today's message, we have a defender who is standing up for us. Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf and no matter how good a case Satan presents, Jesus' argument is stronger. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter 8 for today's edition of Running the Race. God gives gifts. He gives every good gift. Every good gifts come from God. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Every good gift. Now, these good gifts are spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. They're to help you spiritually to grow in the Lord. You can't say, Lord, I need a $7 million mansion. That would help me get closer to you. Lord, if I had a Mercedes... A BMW, I'll get closer to you. Lord, if I had a Harley Davidson, I definitely would be in heaven. I'll get closer to you. Lord, you want me to get me? No, just kidding. Let me stop. Anyway, all spiritual blessings, all spiritual blessings. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Notice it's spiritual gifts, not material gifts. Spiritual gifts, always so materialistic. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable how materialistic we are. And we think that we're blessed because God is God. I had somebody say, oh, yeah, God bless you. Oh, God, this and that. Bless you. Oh, yeah, is that person got a big house? Yeah, God bless them. What if a person had a hut? I mean, really? Does it really matter? Bless Yeah, God bless me. I have a roof over my head. And you want a bigger house? I said, Lord, Lord knows you don't need a bigger house. So we don't get the million-dollar house and the, and the Jaguar and Mercedes-Benz and, and, you know, God knows. God knows. Here is a verse to remember that many of that movement, of the faith movement, that is, who kind of take this out of context and they think they could get everything they want, they want against God's will, they don't care. Here's one verse that I know they have not studied. If they know it, they will not share it, especially if they have a ministry, especially if they have a TV ministry. They will never share this. James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and do not receive. Wait a minute. Isn't that contrary, contradicting what God said anything you ask? 
you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Remember that, saints. Put that in your refrigerator. Don't fall for this hyper faith. Be content where God has you. Be content. Fourth question, verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Now, this is a a formal accusation that's brought in a court of law. This charge against God's elect. Who can? Well, we know Satan loves to do that. Who can? There is one, Satan, who loves to do that to you. Saints, he's looking. He's, he loves it when you fail. He loves it when you sin. He loves it when you mess up. Why? Guess who he's running to? Guess where he's drawing up the papers to draw up the case against you in court? Satan, the accuser. Who can bring that against you? He loves to accuse the brethren. And can I tell you this? His accusations against us when we sin and we fail, it's valid. It is valid. Based on our sinful nature, based on our failures, it is valid. Because what? We do sin. We do fail. We don't practice sin. That's before the cross. We used to practice sin, but Christians do sin. We do fail. That's why First John, it says, he who says he has not sinned is a liar, <laughs> and the truth is not in you. Can we say we don't sin? Absolutely not. The difference from our sin from the sins of the world, is that we don't practice sin. But we do fail it. We do fail. You sin, you blow it, Satan is drawing up a case. Okay, I'm taking this guy to court. I'm going to show show God the Father. I'm going to show him. uh, He sinned. He blew it this time. And I'm going to let him know about it. And doesn't he let you know about it? Oh, he sure does. He lets you know about it. In Revelation, he's the accuser. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, he says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down day and night. So that means, what does that mean? He's accusing you every day. He accused you this morning. Little did you know. And guess what? After church, we're all holy here. Praise the Lord. We're having a great time when you get out of church. I don't know about you. Sometimes when I get hungry, I'm not going to talk about cheeseburgers. But some people get in the flesh when they're hungry. Not me. Judy knows I eat anything. You always say, what do you want me to make? Anything. Just put it on a plate. Anything. Put it on a plate. I eat anything. I really do. Oh, no, wait a minute. There's one thing I don't need. What is it? Asparagus? No, not Asparagus. Brussels sprouts, yes, you're with me. Wow. Thank God I'm a Mediterranean. Praise the Lord. Satan loves to accuse you, saints. He loves you. He's going to accuse you, and that's what he does. He says he'll go to the Lord in case he said, Lord, did you see what Eddie did? Lord, did you see what Mark did? Did you see what Jerry did? In court bringing a case against you, accusing you of what you have done this morning or yesterday. He's going to accuse you. He's going to say, Lord, did you see what your servant did? And you know what God's going to say? He said, I don't know what you're talking about, but I see my son, Jesus. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus sees. He sees his son. It's a different saints. Treasure that, your relationship with the Lord. Treasure your Christianity. There's a difference between those who are saved and those who are not. Those that are ain't and those that are saints. 
When God looks in earth, and I, somebody just brought this, I, I remember this illustration. You know, when, when you're going to buy a piece of jewelry, a gem or a diamond, I buy them all the time. Yeah, right. Just kidding. You want to look at the, the color of the diamond you put in a black velvet. That's the only way. You got to see something dark in order to see something beautiful. And it's the same way when we look at the sky. It's dark. What do you see at night? You see stars. The stars are beautiful, but it's a black sky. And that's what God sees when he looks at this dark earth. When he sees this earth, he looks down. What does he see? He sees the saints, he sees Jesus, he sees stars here on earth. In the dark world, you stand out to God the Father. And that's what God says. Saying, you want to bring accuse you against you. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? And he answered, It is God who justifies. God the Father, through his son, declares the accused, you and I, the brethren, righteous on the basis of our faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's all the Lord says. I don't know what you're talking about saying, but I see my son, Jesus. I see my son, Jesus. And so uh, as a result, all accusations are dismissed and no one can bring an accusation. And there's nothing that will stand in court against you before God. Verse five, I mean, verse 34, the fifth question. The fifth question, question number five, verse 34. Who is he who condemns? Who is he who condemns? Is it Jesus is the one and the only and only one who can condemn and will condemn when the time comes. When Jesus was here doing his earthly ministry, he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. John chapter 3, verse 17, right? But it is Jesus who condemned. Jesus Christ is God-appointed judge. God's appointed judge. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 22. This is very important. John chapter 5, verse 22. It says, for the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to his son. Why is that? That's important for those of you who want to study eschatology, end times, and revelation. That's very important because when you get to revelation, who's going to do all the judging? Jesus. Now, why is that? Why is that? Isn't God? Yeah, but you see, there's a reason why the father has, has... Commit all judgment to his son. Why? Because, I tell you why, Jesus became flesh. Jesus was the son of man. Jesus became like one of us to identify with us. In other words, he's been there and done that. He's been there and done that. And so God knows what it's like to be in your shoes. You can't say, but Lord, you don't understand my life. Lord, can you see what I'm going through? You don't understand my life. Jesus can say, yes, I do. Oh, yes. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to thirst. I know what it's like to be tired and, 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 and don't have a place to lay my head and I created heaven and earth. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to be left alone on the cross. I know what it's like to be spat on, have the beard ripped from my face. I know what it's like to be whipped. I know what it's like to have the nails pierced through my hands and my feet and put on the crown of thorns on my head. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to cry out, Abba, Father, why thou forsaken me? I know what it's like to be separated from my Father. Throughout all of their existing, there is no beginning, no end to God the Father and Jesus Christ. But they've never been divided. They've never been separated. Only at the cross because Jesus took on our sins, you see. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like. 
And if you study Revelation, you're going to find when Jesus brings this judgment that's going to be poured out in Revelation chapter 6 through 19, the great tribulation, you're going to find out all these, the wrath of God, the loosing of the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls that are going to be poured out is his judgment. And, he's, and all the angels are going to say, well, what took you so long? I mean, if it was up to me, I would have judged him a long time ago. That is why. So he, he, God knows what it's like to be in your shoes, regardless of what size you wear, what kind of shoes you wear. But you would never understand what it's like to be in his sandals. Never. Verse 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ, he answers, who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus is not just hanging out, waiting for the time to come. No, he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for, he's making intercession for us. I think that's awesome. Don't you think that's awesome that God is praying, Jesus is praying for us, interceding for us? That's why I love the Psalms. He would say, who are we to you so mindful of us? But let me tell you how messed up we are. How messed up we are. Look at verse, go back up to verse 27. In our last study, we read this. And it says, in verse 27, Romans chapter, he says, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, speaking of the Holy Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's how messed up we are. We need both Jesus and the Holy Spirit to pray for us. But we need it. So you see, who could be against us? And we have Christ, the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Who can be against us? Really? What can separate? Who could bring judgment against us? Saints, I think is an awesome, beautiful thing. That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not just sitting up there pretty, which they are sitting more than pretty, pretty glorious, where the angels are forever saying hallelujah, praising God and all in heaven. They never cease to praise his name because he's glorious. But there is something taking place in heaven, in your behalf, my behalf, while we're down here. And we need to understand that, saints. We need to know that there's activity that's going on, the power that we can't even imagine, glory we can't even, that's that's in heaven on behalf of you and I, the Holy Spirit and the Son, Jesus Christ, interceding for us. You know, we always sometimes depend on people to pray for us, and that's good, we should. Sometimes, you know, you want the pastor to pray for you because, oh, his is more holier. Not the case, saints. Anybody could pray for you. But to think that the Son and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us, I think it's a beautiful, glorious thing. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Verse 35, the the sixth question, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Notice, saints, It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? It is not who can separate us from our love for Christ. There is a difference in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think we need to get this deeply within our hearts and and our mind understanding when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that it's not that you love God. It's not that I love God. But the, the, the most important thing and the most powerful thing is that Jesus loves me. Not that I love Jesus. That's what makes a relationship. That's his love that can't separate us. Because it was based on your love. You know. I know. If it was based on my love, you know and I know that a relationship would end quickly. How many people have loved other things other than God? 
How many Christians have backslid? How many Christians have left God and turned their backs on God and went back to the world because it was based on their love for God? It's what I can do for you. It's like religion, the works, even the works that I do for you. But it's not about our works. It's about his work. It's not about my love. It's about his love. You see, in your relationship, like my wife and I, you know, it's, it's mutual. She loves me as much as I love her. I love her as much as she loves me. I don't know why she loves me. I always thought it was for charity, ministry. But she loves me. But the relationship, what can separate us from this love, this love that is not your love, that can be easily persuaded, fade away. But what can separate us from this love that God has from his his love? Always remember that. Look at the cross. Yes, you accepted Christ because you know without Christ, you're nothing. You know without Christ, you're headed for eternal damnation. But when you look at Christ, it's because of his love. What he's done, that love that we see the cross, we see love. It's his love, not our love. It's not dependent on us. So what can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or perils, or sword? As it is written, for, you, for your sake, we are, all, we are killed all day long. I'm sorry, for your sake, we are, all, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. God's people have always and will always encounter opposition, persecution. Again, you know my view and you agree with me that we here in America, we don't understand what it is to be persecuted. We don't know what persecution is all about. God's grace and pray for that grace. We don't know what's going to happen. And if you, we're already in the minority. We're already in the minority. But there will be tribulation. There will be distress. There will be persecution, famine, nakedness, and perils and sword against us. But even those things cannot separate us from the love of God. And that's good to know because when I'm going through these things, I know he loves me. If I go through those things and if it's based on my love, I'm in trouble. There will be more persecution, there will be more tribulation, there will be more distress and famine, there will be more. But because it's based on his love, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. You know, we know that this world is dark, it's cursed, and is under control of the evil one, the saint himself, the accuser of the brethren. And you're always going to have these opposition, you're always going to have persecution, because the world hates Jesus. When they hate you, Christian, Christian is a bad word today. It's not because of you. It's not because they don't like your hairdo. It's not because they don't like your clothes or what you say, what, what your background, what nationality, what language, what culture, what food you eat. They hate you because of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15, verses 18, 19, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So be careful if the world really loves you. Yet because you are not of the world, but, because, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, I, again, the ones that are naming and claiming, blabbing and grabbing guys, they'll tell you, oh, well, yeah, oh, you got to ask all these things, or you got to demand it, or ask God, are the same ones that don't realize that you got to be persecuted. Oh, I'm not persecuted. I'm having a great life. Of course, $7 million home. You got bodyguards. You have your own jet. What's going to happen? Who's going to put you back in line? You go to, there's no airport for you. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, yes, this is important. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus 
will suffer persecution. It's throughout scripture. Last week, we looked at uh, Paul's, you know, persecution, right? You know, five times minus one, you know, 30, 40 lashes minus one by the Jews and being with rods, you know, shipwrecked. He gave him a whole list. Oh, yeah, and the things that happen to me daily. I don't think we understand what it is to suffer persecution. And they say, there will be many natural and supernatural attempts uh, made against you to convince you, the believer, by the accuser and those things that come to you. He's going to accuse you. He's gonna, they're gonna try to, he's going to try to convince you that there are things that can separate you from the love of God. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, saints. Nothing. Jesus said in chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I love to read, when I read that verse, I leave tribulation. The world can give you tribulation, but one thing the world cannot give you is a great tribulation. And only God can give a great tribulation. You want to know how great? Read Revelation chapter 6 and 19. The world can't give that. The world can throw meteors from out space, can disform the, 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 the earth, make it out. Let me tell you, MapQuest is not going to work during the great tribulation. It's not going to work. Be of good cheer. You would have tribulation, but God has overcome the world. Whatever you go through, persecution is all temporary. 33, I mean, verse 37. Yet in all these, we are more than conquerors. Not yourself, but through him. It says, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. It's because he loves us. You are conquerors, not because of you, not because you want to conquer the situation at the moment. God may let, you know, build you up, build your faith. But you're more than conquerors through him, Jesus Christ, who loves us. For I am persuaded, he says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. Nothing. So saints, remember this and be encouraged. Be encouraged. Though the accuser may come, you're leaving in a few minutes. I don't know what your plans are for the rest of the day, but just keep in mind, the accuser's going to want to accuse you of something you did. And he's going to say, see what he did? He just came from church. They just went over Romans chapter 8. What are you doing? She said, I don't know what you're talking about. I see my son. I see love. I see one that loves me back. But it is our love. It's his love for us. It's not our love. And it's his love that can, nothing can separate us because he loves you. Saints, I encourage you. I know sometimes we probably depart from here. And um, yeah, okay, next Sunday, chapter 9. And we take this verse, this passage of scripture, and take it home, meditate on it. Let it be your devotion. You can take a break. You have to get legalistic. Oh, no, i got to read my daily bread. God's not going to bless me. I don't read my daily bread. No, take it home and, and meditate on this. Know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Amen? The book of Romans gives us a unique review of scriptural doctrine. As we continue to learn from this New Testament book, we'll also discover the gospel's powerful message throughout and discover practical life application with it as well. We pray Eddie's message on running the race has been an encouragement to you. 
and that you're eager to learn more about the gospel message and how it applies to you. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad that you are one of our listeners. We'd also like to encourage you to find a local church where you can be part of a community that's growing together in faith. With that in mind, here's Tracy. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on service times. Thanks, Tracy. That website once again is runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can also listen to more messages by Eddie or download them to take with you on the go. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more on the Book of Romans right here on Running the Race. I'm